0: know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting.
1: It is time for us, we being those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith. He has uh, been sweating in the hot tropical sun in South Florida, teaching people to play golf better.
2: It's not a bad thing. Come home at the end of the day, take a shower, freshen yourself up, because it's hot now. Yeah. In South Florida, we're doing okay. Up in the Indiana world, for the last month that I've been able to be down here, <laughs> they have been just miserable yeah. up there.
1: If, if you're looking for sympathy because it's hot, it's between sim and syphilis in the dictionary. You can find it there if you need it. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I you wanna- know
2: what? That's what I usually tell all those folks in Indiana when they're complaining (laughs) about their lousy weather. And I'm going (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, last (laughs) week, if you were listening and if you did not listen to last week's show, you need to go back and listen to it now because you heard it here first people, because in the June issue of golf magazine will be an article on a specific type of shot that Jeff wrote about a shot that he created and named, and we explained in great detail to you last week, called the Hinge and Thump.
2: And lo and behold, when I was out at the Top 100 Teacher Conference last fall, I broke that bad boy out on them, and they looked at me and went, oh, where (laughs) all does this work? And I showed them five different places that it works really well. (laughs) And we chose one of them. We started to think of it as titled, Hack It Out of the Hay, but... We didn't. We talked about hinge and thump it out of the hay.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: now all of a sudden they're like, Ooh. So I put a little article together and it is coming out in the June issue of golf magazine. So I've done the final editing on it. They is nice of them to give me the final edit.
1: So when your buddies tell you about this article, they read about this shot in golf magazine, you can say, Oh yeah, I listened to those weekend golf guys, man. I heard about that back in, uh, in, in April. I didn't have to wait for the magazine, man, because I listened to the dude that creates the stuff. And this week, he's going to create stuff that's going to help you with fairway woods and hybrid clubs. What are they used for? When to use them specifically? How to use them out of the rough? How to use them out of the fairway? Where to put the ball? All that kind of stuff. So few of us understand the differences in the way they are. Too many of us
2: use, use hybrids
1: like they're woods.
2: And they're not. Really? You know, I treat them more like irons than I do anything else because they're so well put together and bottom weighted that if I put the ball closer to my regular, say, six iron position, mm-hmm. which is just ever so slightly forward of center, and I just blast it, the bottom of the golf ball, with the intention of taking a little turf with me, oh, my God, I can just blister the hybrids. Mm-hmm. They just rock it up in the air because they have so much weight on the bottom of the club. It It's amazing. Now, I I hold in, in my bag, I have a hybrid that is a 22-degree hybrid. Uh, it's from TaylorMade, and it's a handful of years back. Sorry, Titleist, I'm on your staff, but <laughs> I'm fessing up here. Uh-huh. I have a titleless head cover on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's got a little V-shaped sole on the bottom of it. So it can rip through the turf oh so well. Wow. And it launches the ball higher because it's got this little, let's say, V-shape of metal on the bottom of the club that is heavier under the ball mm-hmm. so when i just plow through the turf right at the bottom of the golf ball just just in front that ball launches really high and just it's nuky, and it's just sounds flat out pretty. nukey
1: it looks pretty it sounds pretty it flies it holds well. the
2: green from a long way away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: now my my uh, hybrids are two it's I have two of them, ones. A twenty-one degree. One's twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like a three and a four iron.
2: Sorry. Call it whatever you want to. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever distance does it fit a gap in your bag? Does it hit the right numbers for you? It hits the as right far numbers. as distance numbers. Yeah. Well, then
1: there you go. Yeah, it's my one eighty and my one ninety club. There you go. Yeah.
2: You know, interestingly enough, the, I I have a lot of people ask me questions about hybrids, and you know, they, they have it in the bag and and they go, Oh, but my hybrid, my six hybrid, you know, I got a lot of older folks and, and they go, I got, I got my six hybrid. That replaces my six iron, right? I'm like, no, it does not. And they're like, why six is six, isn't it? And like, yeah, a six is a six, but not these two sixes. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, look, the six iron has a shaft on it that's just barely incrementally longer than the 7-iron. Right. And it has a a bottom weight very similar to your 7-iron, but it has a little less loft than the 7-iron. But the 6-hybrid has less loft than that, a bigger, wider sole plate, heavier on the bottom of the club, and a longer shaft, and it's going to go farther than the six iron does mm-hmm. so i got two sixes in my bag they say I'm like the answer is yes yes hey guess what john that was an answer that didn't start with it depends, it depends. Yes. <laughs> that was a definitive <laughs> yes you're going to carry your six iron and you're going to carry your six hybrid and yes they go different distances
1: yeah so the six hybrids i like replace the uh the heaven wood
2: but the six hybrid probably is going to replace your five iron that you can't hit worst bit. Oh, okay. And why is that? Well, there's about, there's somewhere in the bag for most people that they struggle with the length of the shaft versus loft of the club scenario. Okay. And and sometimes that's a ball position issue. And sometimes it's a club head speed issue. Nobody wants to hear that though. I have to come oh. up with a different reason. Okay. Right. But if they have lower club head speeds, John, let's say that I'm mentioning you for just a moment because you're just named John and yeah, we like to say John a lot. Generic, on the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's a generic term. So let's say John doesn't have enough club head speed to make that loft effective, to launch a ball high enough to spin at the right amount and to carry at a certain distance. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to get incrementally shorter, meaning, You have now have a longest playable club in your bag. Yeah, the 5-iron goes just barely longer than the 6-iron now. Mm -hmm. But the 6-iron is considerably longer than the 7, which is considerably longer than the 8, considerably longer than the 9. You see what that is. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, you get someplace in your bag, and for many people, it's the 5-iron that becomes the least – like the 6-iron is the longest, what I call, playable club. And then the five iron is when the diminishing returns start to happen, yeah. where it no longer goes the same incremental distance farther forward than the, than the club below it. Yeah. A lot of people in the bag, it's about their five iron. And that's why they start pulling those bad boys out, throwing a hybrid in there, because now the shaft's a little longer, mm-hmm. the mass is a little bit more on the head, the loft's a little different. And now all of a sudden, they can hit it farther than their six iron. And it's a six hybrid.
1: Yeah. I usually, I, I don't, I don't often use my five iron. I, I will opt for the four hybrid instead. Just, yeah. just for, for I'd feel more comfortable.
2: Sure. You know Because you've had more success with the thing. Mm-hmm. There's no nervousness about it. There's no, right. oh my God, <laughs> I got my five iron in my hand. I'm going to plank it all over the place. Yeah. 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 So for, is, for almost everybody, there is that club in their bag. And for most people, many, let's say it that way, many mm-hmm. golfers, it's right there between the six and the five. Okay. And they pull out the five and throw in a hybrid and boom, off you go.
1: And your days of um, bad shots are behind you.
2: Well, from that distance, yeah.
1: I actually have, I have hit <laughs> some bad shots behind me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, really you know I what, have. You know what oh. hybrids are really effective? Well,
1: yes. Light the, rough.
2: Thank light you. Light rough.
1: Yeah, light rough. Light,
2: light, yeah. They're really effective. Well,
1: in fact some some um, people say they work better out of light rough than they do out of uh out of the the well manicured fairway.
2: Well, I think those are the people that have a hard time landing the club at the right spot. Yeah you know, because the ball's on a grass tee and they can just kind of sweep through it and they probably top a lot of shots with the <laughs> thing sitting on the fairway. So anyway.
1: Yeah, I uh, gotcha. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so let's talk about ball position with that so it works the best. Okay. Because if you got a lousy ball position, you pretty much got a lousy shot.
1: Yeah. Now, you, you did mention earlier that the ball position for uh, your hybrid that you'd like to use is, is the same as your six iron, just a tad yeah. forward of tad center.
2: Forward of center. Yeah. A lot of people mess this up when they put it at center. Right. And the club hasn't gotten low enough to the ground yet in the golf swing, and it winds up catching it too high on the golf ball, and then they hit it thin or even toppy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to move it just ever so slightly left of center.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, before you start farting around with your stance, identify the fact that if you're pointed where you want to point, and then you look at your spine your belly button and say, okay, is my ball just left of that? Now you're in pretty good shape with that ball position.
1: Yeah. yeah but
2: a lot of people will get their ball position and then change their alignment. Like they'll aim further left yeah. their body, you know? And then all of a sudden now that ball position is further back in that golf swing. Cause they've reoriented the golf swing. And yeah. now of a sudden the sucker isn't close to the bottom anymore. So if you're that guy, John, uh-huh. that gets the ball position, then changes alignment, now you better reget your ball position back again by sliding backwards a little bit to get that ball. So you like to be a little open? All right, fine.
1: Yeah, I mean this is uh, a point worth repeating, and we repeat it afterwards. We repeat it often too. Is is when you when you check your alignment, use your spine, your belly button. Don't use your feet because your feet can be moved all over the place.
2: Your yeah, they're wired
1: too, more or less static. Uh, Fairway woods, more hybrid talk.
0: Yeah, we've got it. We'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hi, everyone, and welcome. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. They'll tell you if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 800-905-7124 now. I'm here with spokesman for the firm, John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call in. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here with you. We always enjoy answering the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident that was not your fault, give us a call right now. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions and tell you how much your case is potentially worth. Call 800-905-7124. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now to speak with a live agent for free. Call 800-905-7124. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: And we are back. Thanks for hanging. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Again, Golf Magazine uh, June edition. The Hinge and Thumb Shot. Friends of yours yep. are going to say, hey, did you read about this? Say, no, I listened to those weekend golf guys. Man, I got it two months early. See? That's it. You are special. But anyhow, we're talking uh, this week about hybrids and uh, fairway woods because they seem to be, I was talking with a guy, they seem to be more difficult for people. Um, I was talking with the guys just the other day who who said he has a um, a three wood? It's the only it's the only fairway wood he carries. He can't hit it off a tee, but when he puts it on the fairway, it's very stiff shaft, and he just hits the cover off the ball. Love it. And He was like,
2: it's like the best club in my bag, man
1: all so, your shots aren't 220 yards, you know. <laughs>
2: so then, then you know, if he needs to hit it off the tee, then he puts it on a should put it on a low tee Very and keep low. the yeah. same alignment and ball position.
1: Yeah,
2: right. Put it on a low one. Don't try to crank the thing up in the air. Don't try to make it change. If you found the place for success and you're just killing it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: well, then don't be dumb and change it. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. The, the
1: operative consideration, however, especially with fairway woods, is ball position. Is it not? Oh
2: yeah. Yeah, most people are, you know, they're they're on this fishing expedition for their golf ball, right? Because they they're just never sure. I see so many people that are just stretched out, like they're not even in any athletic stance at all. They put the ball there and they figure, oh, a long shaft sitting on the ground. Oh, a lean way forward, arm stretched way out, and I just look at them. They look like a human tripod.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And as soon as they take it away, they're instantly off balance. Like somebody just kicked a leg away from the tripod and just falling forward. All right. So people, if this is you, stop it. Stab it. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Now, look, a, a little bit of outstretched arm, okay, fine. Right? Mm-hmm. It'll take it back a little flatter, more around the body. All right, that's great. But too much of a good thing is no longer a good thing. You've heard me say that a billion times in the show, and I never exaggerate. now posture and balance is key for every strike all the time and this is one of the issues that I see when people screw up their fairway woods because that's the first thing they mess up they go long shaft gotta stand further back well yeah but how much I try not to stand too far different from each club that's in my hands I don't want to be stretching out and I don't want to be jammed up Yeah. So folks, put the club on the ground behind the ball, take your stance, get balanced. Put your hands on the club, and when you do it, make sure it does not take you off balance. Like you didn't stretch out and reach for your club so dang much, that it took you off balance going forward. Right. Don't do it. If it did it and you felt it, then get just a half an inch closer or maybe an inch. And let your arms de- hang down just a little bit more freely, and then you can get the club to the bottom of the ball. And you, you
1: know, have a lot I see. More. You know, I see happening a lot is with the, some of the people I play with. Is that they they get the the wood out and they get their stance and they take a practice shot, and it's everything's fine, and then they don't move anything but the club, and they just put the club <laughs> a little bit. Behind, they put it behind the ball, moving it however many inches forward they need to. But the rest of their body is where that perfect practice
2: shot was. Oh yeah,
1: and they're no longer in the perfect position that they were when they took their practice
2: shot. Yeah, I know. It cracks me up what people do. You know, here's the thing. I say this to you know some of my clients that I know that, that you know they've they've come from you know a bunch of different professions, and they're all pretty well established and smart people. And here's what I see happens to smart people when they get near golf is um their their brains are just gone at this point right (laughs) you get them near a golf course and a golf cart that's the that's the proof of the pudding right there Mm -hmm. right somebody Mm -hmm. gets in a golf cart and they think it's an atv (laughs) right right away i'm going everywhere but you know and they just lose their minds but they also lose their mind with club and hand standing over a golf ball and you're like wait a second you couldn't possibly think that's such a good idea and yet they're unaware of what they're doing. And you're like, wait a second. The last time it looked set up was different. Now, what are you doing? Why are you changing these things? Because you're the person that comes to me all the time for golf lessons and say, I want to be more consistent. Right. You're like, yeah, okay, that's great. Stop doing different stuff before you touch the club. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to me how that is. So, folks, if you want to be more consistent, be more consistent <laughs> when you touch it. You're standing over the ball, you're like, yep, I got this. So, fairway woods in hand. So, remember, let's go through the procedure, right? It's the law of the stupid lie here, folks, right? Because we never play on something flat.
1: Right.
2: That's club on the ground behind the ball first. Point the club face where you want the thing starts start flying. Get near it. Drop your hands down after you're balanced, right? Drop your hands down, put them on the club. Now you got the right club length for the shot in hand. Ball's above your feet. It's a little shorter shaft, but you've already made that adjustment. Right. So balls below your feet, shaft's a little longer. You've already made that adjustment. Let those arms fall. Touch the club there, but be in balance first. And then all of a sudden you're going to have good contact.
1: You know, and if you take a practice swing and – you have to take a few steps forward or backward or to the left or to the right after the inertia of the swing, that probably means your balance is bad. You may want to
2: readjust yourself and not just go with it, you know? It sure is an indicator now, isn't it, folks? (laughs) Hey, John, do you personally, you, John, not collective John, do you ever use your hybrid or your fairway wood out of a fairway bunker?
1: No. Why not? Um, It never occurred to me that that would be something I could do well.
2: Hmm. Hmm. So let's just say that you were to say, take a little bit of time to go things that we were doing at the golf course. That was not actually playing 18 holes of golf. Uh Uh-huh. You go like out when it's slow. No, it's not drinking either. <laughs> okay. Right. And it's not hitting on the, the Bev cart girl either. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's not that. Let's just say that you went to the golf course though, and you went to certain spots on the golf course and threw balls in a scenario and then played them out of that to learn how to play those shots. Oh, that would be that whole practice thing. It seems like it could be that word, right? Indeed. So you could do that even within the course of play in regular tee times, because if you just didn't hit a tee shot and just drove up and threw some balls down where a tee shot could wind up mm-hmm. and then you went and hit a couple of those shots and then just went and picked them up and then hit a couple different shots up around the green You'd play in this practicing format at the same rate of pace of play that kept up with the group in front of you every time, Mm -hmm. but yet you're teaching yourself how to hit certain shots on the golf course.
1: Right. So the next time you would be able to uh, pull out that historic occasion where you did it well the last time and remember
2: it. Yeah. So let's think about the fairway wood out of the bunk out of the, the 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 fairway bunker thing. Okay, sure. All right, let's just look at the head on the fairway wood. What do you see? A lot of loft mm-hmm. and a wide sole plate. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. wow! That's an interesting concept. Nothing that would really say dig into the sand.
1: Ah, that is true. It would be more
2: skate along the surface of the sand. It would, wouldn't it? It would. You take that big, wide sole plate on that fairway wood, just kind of slap the sand with it, and it wouldn't dig in. It would Mm. just skim forward. Mm. Why didn't anybody ever think of that before? There's an interesting idea. Hybrids have a big, wide sole plate on them too, and they have loft.
0: Hmm, mm-hmm.
2: makes me wonder.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What would it be to? Where would the ball have to be to do that? I wonder if I walked into a fairway bunker, and just took a seven wood out or a five wood out or something, and I just swung it and watch what happened. And then yeah. look at the fact that it would be a big, wide shallow splash of sand, nothing deep, of course, because it's got a big white sole plate on it. Mm-hmm. And then look at where that thing first started to enter the sand and go, hmm, I think I need to put back of my ball right there, or the bottom of the ball there, so I can still clip the ball first, hit it cleanly, mm-hmm. so I still get plenty of distance, because it's a fairway bunker, and I want to move it on up to the green
1: that's right as long as it's going for a smart man oh. once told me as long as it's going forward it's not a bad shot
2: some are better than others of course
1: <laughs> this is true this is absolutely true irrefutable but, and inarguably so uh, right. but there's but it's a, not
2: the backwards version
1: there's a, yeah there's a novel approach let's delve a little bit further when we get back here about using your fairway woods out of the fairway bunkers give that some thoughts we'll be right back we're all those Weekend Golf Guys.
0: Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou a Term Provider 800-568-2790 Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems and if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about $100 to $200 per month Big Lou may have a solution for your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider at 800-568-2790. That's 800-568-2790. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-568-2790.
1: We have those weekend golf guys. Thanks for being here. And uh, we appreciate you hanging out, coming back and uh, paying close attention. This stuff's all going to help. Trust me. It's all going to help. I've already gotten some emails from people, man, who say the hinge and thump thing was, was a lifesaver. And it is, I, I can attest to that fact that it is, if you use it correctly. But now we're talking about using fairway woods correctly already you know, balance is important. Ball position is important. Grip and all that is important. But using it in a fairway bunker, yeah. how much distance do you think you'd lose, if any, because of the difference of the medium from which you are hitting the ball?
2: Well, I think that the biggest distance loss isn't because of the club. It's because of where you land and mm-hmm. if your feet are slipping about. Yes. Now, let's think about fairway bunkers for a minute, right? It's still sand, which means it gives underfoot. Right. So that means it's not as firm as the grass you're standing on. So in fairway bunkers, I know I'm going to generate a lot of force. So I want to make sure that I have good, solid footing so that when I try to generate this force, my feet aren't just, say, sliding around in the sand. Right. So what I'll do, and this is legal, I will take my right foot because it's the back foot. I'll angle it downward and inward, meaning that the inside edge of my foot is down and the outside edge is kind of up. So I've kind of canted it down and in, right? So I keep the knee in a little bit and then I stick it into the sand at that angle. And then I'm effectively creating this little tiny platform that supports my foot. When I push into the sand,
1: you are doing the same thing that uh, power hitters do in baseball. Of course I am. Yes, you are.
2: Except they can stand there and play in that dirt all day long, but we don't get to do that. folks. So I do it once and settle in, and I've got this little, say, sand wedge underneath my foot, right? Mm-hmm. We are allowed to firmly take our stance, fairly take our stance, but does not say, hey, we can sit there and go kick around a ton of sand and do the old batter in the batter's box thing with grinding the leg in and doing all that. No, Look, we can't go overboard on this, folks. And then... I like to make sure I do a little bit of firm footing on the left foot too. It's not like I just care about the right foot only. Right. In order to generate some force, I have to, you know, create some and do some push and twists and all that stuff. But the other foot has to be pretty darn stable to stop all that. Otherwise, it just kind of pushes forward all soft legged like. And I I can't do that. Right. I still need to have my left leg becoming firmer and you know and straightening out. So I have a tendency to kind of put that one in a little bit on an inward angle. Okay. And so what that means is that I'm loading in a tighter way in a fairway wood, a fairway bunker. And so I can unload on that because I know that the sand is generally soft underfoot. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to make it firm enough to take my stance so that I won't slip and slide around because I still want good, clean contact. And I still want to deliver as much energy into the ball as I can. So I take away the sand underfoot thing and I just kind of give it better angles of support.
1: So basically you, you've got your weight on the inside edge of both feet.
2: Yeah. More so on the right than I am okay. on the left, but the left is, is certainly I'm, I'm planting it and making sure that it's not just going to twist and slip around too much. Gotcha. Okay. And then I'm going to think that I'm going skimmy, is my word, my thought, mm-hmm. right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Shallow back and shallow through. And my big, wide, sole-plated fairway wood is just going to glide across the surface.
1: Just like the sand was of there.
2: Right. So I'm not trying to hinge and thump this. Right. Because I'm not trying to take anything and drive it really seriously below the ball. Mm-hmm. I do need to get the club below the ball here. That's, you know, you know, that's the... Well, you got to uh, do that to get it up anyhow. But- right. But I'm far more shallow and more skimmy Mm -hmm. than I am with a greenside bunker where I'm a little bit steeper.
1: So again, what you're saying is, is the, the answer to how much distance you would lose and or gain would be, it depends. And the only way you can judge that is for yourself by taking a few balls, dropping them in a bunker and taking your fairway wood and hitting them and see how far
2: they go. Or even your hybrid. You take a good look at that and realize what's possible for me in this club you know, advancement again, you know, you might not knock it green high, you might not get it close, but if you're going in the right direction with it, you're good.
1: Now did Mr. Adams, when he designed, it was designed as a rescue club. Um, Yeah. It was designed for tough lies. It was designed for sand and for,
2: for rough and stuff like that. Wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And he had a pretty cool soul plate on that stuff. Yeah. You know, it was a little, a little thing that could help you get it off the turf. It wasn't just flat on the bottom. There's a little ridge there that helped get it in the air. So let's keep in mind, there's a purpose in a lot of these clubs and our job is to make that purpose work.
1: Yeah. And but before you can make it work is you got to figure out what the purpose is. And so few of us understand the whole concept of a soul plate. what What it actually is created to do. Um, yeah you know once get you understand the ball so it
2: that. launches the ball higher
1: yeah i mean you you know and uh, if you have problems getting your your balls in the air then you should use clubs that are weighted more at the bottom right
2: you know that's absolutely true because the clubs that are weighted more at the bottom when you get that extra chunk of metal below the golf ball it instantly helps it launch higher
1: right
2: this is the basic premise Of everybody who's making golf clubs right now. Yeah. Launch it higher. Get it up in the air. Makes people happier.
1: It does. Makes you feel like you've hit it better.
2: Right. So then. Even though one. As golfers know if that's the club manufacturer's design, let's go use to our advantage. Yeah. As opposed to our disadvantage.
1: Although I get a little bit confused because my mind says if it goes higher, it probably won't go as far. Because um, I mean, there's a finite a amount, little, finite a amount of energy confusing. that you impart to a golf ball. Yeah. And if that energy is used to make it go higher, then it, it has to take away from the energy made to make it go longer.
2: Okay. So let's, let's point that out in both cases. There is a too high. Right. And there is a too low. Yes, indeed. Let's talk about it. You said go too high. I'm afraid it goes too high because it'll launch it too high. And then I lost some forward energy.
1: Right.
2: All right. So what if I had all the forward energy and I didn't get it up in the air? So Which one hits the ground sooner?
1: Yeah. You'd lose it to friction. You'd lose the distance
2: You'd lose to friction. To friction.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> you would lose it. It would hit the ground sooner. Right. So there is that happy spot that apparently you don't hit very often, John. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just,
1: you know, I'm just taking the high school physics course that I didn't quite pass <laughs> and and thinking <laughs> yeah. what's the thought process here?
2: <laughs> yeah, but let's keep in mind that we all have to understand what we're trying to do is launch it high and hard. Yeah. Yeah. But out of a fairway bunker, we are trying to do one thing first. Get it out. Get it out. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Get it out. (laughs) (laughs) So we take a club that gets it up in the air first and we hit it clean. Right. Right. So let's, let's think simple, 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 right? Why do we like fairway woods and, and fairway bunkers sometimes? Cause they got a lot of loft yeah, and they got a big wide sole plate to help get it up in the air. So it's a helpful club head to do that. Right. Right. The hybrids are kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. They got some loft on them. Right. And mm-hmm. they got heavy sole plates and they're wide sole plates and you just swing it and you get that stuff below the golf ball and the thing launches up. Yeah. So then you go, wow, I got it out. Yeah.
0: Hey, Very good. effectively
1: as a matter of fact. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
2: So let's keep this to what it has to be. Okay. Blast the bottom of the golf ball with your fairway wood and your bunker. And it is go high over that lip and go far.
1: Yeah. How, how fast again, how, how, how fast does it get up? I mean, how, how high of a lip becomes problematic.
2: Well, I've taken fairway woods before and not put the ball back in my stance, but I put it actually forward in my stance and it launches up really high, really quickly, which means if there was a lip, say, you know, five or six feet in front of me, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have much trouble getting it up over that. Okay. All right. But if you thinned it, now you would.
1: Yeah. Again, take some time, go out to a course, you know, pays your green fees. Don't go to a practice tee. Go to the course, throw some balls out, practice specific scenarios like hitting out of fairway bunkers with hybrids and or fairway woods Yeah, uh, and get that, get that shot down. And then when you need it, you will have it.
2: I love the fact that I don't have to say it. You're saying it.
1: I'm saying it. Yeah. It's less obnoxious when I say it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like teachers you know and for homework oh shut up lady you already told us well okay anyhow <laughs> we'll, we'll be back and continue the discussion hang out we are those weekend golf guys of course we have a facebook page facebook.com slash golf guys we would love it if you were to go there and like us we'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us facebook.com slash golf guys
2: We hear that a lot at ChickenDinnerCasino.com because we have so many winners. That's because we have so many ways to win, including slots, blackjack, poker, and more. Of course, you can step into our sportsbook and bet on any sport, including the NBA playoffs and Major League Baseball, with some of the best bonuses around. But don't just take my word for
1: it.
0: Hey, it's Heath Bell here, former pitcher for the San Diego Padres.
1: Hey, this is Ryan Sandberg, Chicago Cubs Baseball Hall of Famer, number 23, retired.
0: Hey, it's 2017 NBA Slam Dunk champion Glenn Robinson III here.
1: Be a winner by playing ChickenDinnerCasino.com.
0: winner! Winner! winner winner chicken dinner chicken dinner casino.com where you can become a winner winner like me and our listeners get
2: special offers just go to chicken dot com slash sports that's chicken dot com slash sports and you could be a winner winner today
1: And we are back, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Jeff Smith, the purveyor of excellent golf technique suggestions. And this week it has been hey, don't be afraid of those fairway woods. Don't be afraid of those hybrids. They are designed to do specific things. So use them to do the specific things they are designed to do.
2: It's kind of funny. There's not very many people who actually realize what the real use of their clubs are, yeah. what the best use of the clubs are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, was,
1: if there was a, a primer or is it primer, whatever, if there were yeah. just some sort of a, a course you could take that would explain in detail what the club design was designed to do, What what's the thought process of the guys who make these clubs, the improvements, the better, why is it better? What is it supposed to do better? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we just go, oh, they said it's better. It's two hundred dollars more expensive than the last year's model. It must be better, you know. We just go for it. We, yeah, with no understanding whatsoever of how
2: to use it. Right. You know, a lot of it. You know, like here, let's let's get into drivers for a second, right? Because this is always a big thing. We got a handful of minutes. Mm-hmm. We talked fairway woods and hybrids. Why not talk drivers a little bit? Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the ability to move. A little bit of weight in the driver head okay let's talk about it from a side to side perspective heel to toe okay so what happens if i can move a little bit of weight the draw bias thing you know you Mm -hmm. you click your wrench you slide your weight you put more on the heel side what does that do well it moved the center of gravity of the club ever so slightly toward the heel. Okay. Okay. That means every ball that gets struck on the other side of that center gravity point. On the toe side? On the toe side. Starts to curve back toward the middle. Okay. Even if it was struck in the middle of the face, let's say that the center gravity at neutral was actually in the middle of the face and then I slid the weight to the heel side, I might have moved it a sixteenth of an inch toward the heel. That means even the center face strike starts to act and curve left like a toe strike. Okay. Because the center of mass or center of gravity of the club just got moved toward the heel just ever so slightly but it also works in your against you as well. Let's say that I have it where I've hit the ball on the heel and the center of gravity is more toward the center to the toe because if I left it at neutral, whatever, and then the thing starts curving, right? And you go, wait a minute. I hit the center of the face. Like, yeah, but the center of gravity of the club was out more toward the toe because you put the weight over there. Right? So let's not go screwing around with the weight of our clubs here, fellas. That's right.
1: when it gets set, throw the wrench away or give it to your favorite PGA professional. Say, here, hold on to this. And when I can no longer hit it, I'll come to you and you can set whatever biases you need to set for me.
2: Right. So you, you got to understand the people that they do a lot of damage to themselves by changing the scenario of their, their setup of their driver, because it has a tendency to screw around with the uh, center of uh, gravity on the club and then it affects the spin that you put on your ball mm-hmm. and you look at it and like wait a minute i hit it here just a second ago i'm like yeah just a second ago before you wrenched it into some other <laughs> club and now all of a sudden you hit it in the same place and you felt like you're swinging the same thing you got a different result go figure yeah, yeah. it's a
1: different club it's a different club
2: yep but it looks the same yep you know this might be it's my this club. This is it. I've had this club forever, yeah. in what configuration?
1: right? Yeah, that's, that's so that's so dangerous that's when they first first introduced those adjustable weight jobs, I mean, too many people who really didn't know what they were doing started taking advantage of it, uh, making on the fly adjustments,
2: oh, yeah. on the fly, meaning, hey, guess what? As a lake on the right, I guess I need some more draw bias in this club. Let's go click, click, click. Exactly. And the next thing you know, I'm wrenching myself into a draw, so they think.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And they're, they're in the left rough looking for their ball in the woods somewhere.
2: Or it screws with them a little bit and it feels funny. Yeah. Right? Now, a lot of people say stuff like, ooh, wait, but if I change that, then the lie angle of the driver changed and now it's more toe up like okay i understand you but let's understand because it doesn't have a lot of loft on it the driver loft isn't that big a deal yeah right because it's not tilting the face one way or the other because it's you know it's got anywhere between seven on the low end and 12 on the high end of loft Mm -hmm. with the drivers yeah so you see that and you're like yeah okay i'm really not wrenching myself into trouble with this one but man, you can start wrenching yourself into trouble with a five wood because it's got a lot of loft.
1: Yes, yes, it does. Are there? Do they have the wrenchable adjustments on on threes and five woods and fours and uh,
2: sevens? Some, some and, companies do. Yeah, oof,
1: that's just that's that's just an accident waiting to
2: happen. It is. People get wrench happy when they don't have the smarts. They just yeah. get wrench happy.
1: I mean, you have to understand the the concept. There's 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 a whole big difference between concept and mechanics. Now you can understand the mechanics of how a club works, but the concept of of how it's designed, you have to understand that if you want to go making changes.
2: Yeah. So right.
1: that's that's yep. my pontification for the day. Yep. And that's my word for the day too.
2: Pontification? We, that's we, your SAT word?
1: Yes, <laughs> my SAT word. We try to throw one in every every week. Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah i get it that was it <laughs> i'm glad that we can educate everybody on this show it's not just all fun and games it's not just all golf and all of a sudden no, john breaks out the sat word of the week
1: that's right that's right we do we do have a little bit of everything here. Just keeping in mind that there's a very thin line separating jack of all trades from a renaissance man okay so
2: <laughs>
1: oh man um again just to recap your uh, your fairway woods. And, oh, let me back up just a little bit. How many people actually need a three and a five? I mean, how much difference to the average golfer is there between a three wood and a five wood?
2: Okay. So most people, average golfer-wise, are going to get better results out of a five wood. Yes. But they don't oh, yeah. want to admit that. No. <laughs> and And here's the reason which is that they don't want to hear and they don't want to admit is that a club that's as little low lofted as the five wood,
1: you know, Mm -hmm. 13
2: degree kind of a thing, 12, 13, 14 degrees. Right. Right. You got to have a pretty high club head speed to hit it hard enough to spin it enough to keep that ball in the air. Yeah. Oh no, John. I want my ball to run out. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope, I hope it's dry where you're playing. (laughs) hope it's a downhill landing spot where you're playing.
1: And there's a 20-mile-an-hour wind at your back.
2: Right. So let's keep in mind that a four-wood is a way better idea than a three-wood. It's got just enough loft, a well, little 15 degree Or Next thing you know, maybe it's, maybe it's even a 16-degree. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, bam, you're clobbering the thing, and it keeps it in the air a little longer, launches it a little higher, spins it a little more. And all of a sudden, you out there in lower clubhead speed land, cursing the the darkness and shaking your fist at the sky guess what you're better off with a 4 wood and a 5 wood than you are a 3 wood and a 5 wood yeah yeah
1: i mean my 5 wood's 19 degrees i believe and uh, and i hit it quite well yeah quite well so i was just i i do have both but that's just because the set came with both and you know what the heck someday i may need it i may need to sell it for food who knows but um
2: if we keep going on this radio show like we're doing work, we're both gonna have to work for food.
1: So <laughs> tell you what, guys, um pull out pull out the uh, fairway woods, pull out the um the hybrids. Don't be afraid. Practice with them. Just get a feel for them, make sure that, that the ball position is the same. Like Jeff said, ball position for his hybrids is about the same as his 6 iron just a tad forward of center but play with it yourself make sure you find what your perfect ball position is for you know your hybrids your clubs and just just get comfortable with it stay balanced and pull out you know just let everybody laugh at you when next time you're in a fairway bunker and you pull out your fairway wood and they go yeah what are you going to do with that and then you show them the shot you've practiced and you know, you put it on the green or close there too. And then who's laughing now, right? So and again, the hungin hungin thump thump shot.
2: You <laughs> start doing that one again. It is an
1: article, uh article that'll will appear in Golf Magazine uh June edition written by one Mr. Jeff Smith. And you heard about it here about two months early. So you can use it. You can use that shot. You can use your uh your fairway woods to get out of a bunker your hybrids to get out of the rough or whatever you want to
0: do the next time you go and play some golf